up, everybody? This is Group Text Podcast. We're back after a hiatus, probably. I think the last time we recorded was like August. But I'm Braxton here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. What up? Chris has been out. I don't know. Are you in like Playa del Rey? I don't know where you are anymore. Playa del Rey, California, Los Angeles County. So, just chose to live by the beach instead of living inland. I respect it. I, respect I think Chris it. is in a new city every time we start recording. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's why we always take hiatus. <laughs> yeah, Chris, yeah. Like Chris gets settled before we can start up. Yeah. Yeah. Here for a while. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if we start, like, recording always, like, in these summer months because I feel like the heat just gets you riled up. Yeah, that's usually. Yeah. Like, Shit like, goes down in the summertime. <laughs> we just be hella bored and, like, Damn, we put all this good content in the group text. Why don't we podcast this? <laughs> yeah, and there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot has gone down. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know that there's not going to be, like, such a huge rebrand. But, um, you know, I just so much has happened since the last like we recorded i feel like everyone has kind of gone through their own like sort of spiritual growth thing and like just becoming more mature being like more aware of just like everything that's happening like just being hyper aware of like where we're at in america and it's like very stressful (laughs) like yeah stressful just to like as soon as you wake up as soon as your feet hit the ground it's just like noticeably more stressful so we always use you know group text or whatever just you know whenever we're talking with each other to obviously like relieve that stress talk about it um but like ultimately it like led all of us um to actually like you know go to a therapist you know getting help we've talked about this on a podcast before but um you know i think now like more than ever like it's important to keep talking about it and i guess to like normalize it you know like we're all pretty active on social media it seems pretty uh normal there but um you know sometimes in a way that's like joking like you you know but for the most part i feel like everyone on social media at least if we follow seem to talk about it you know yeah no yeah. Nah, yeah i definitely agree there and i just think um I think it's for us, like the podcast, I used to talk about uh, celebrity stuff, like Celebrity Wire, Baller Alert type stuff. And I think we kind of just grew out of that. Like, I never really cared about celebrities that much. So I was never really into it like that, even though we did have like really good conversations and there's some good stuff you can take from it. I just thought like our voices are pretty big, um, even though nobody knows us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, even though nobody knows us, we could, um, we probably should transition into 
talking more about um, like mental health, like the way we grew up, um, why we are the way we are right now. And I don't know, I was listening to like, it's like one week of podcasts, all the ones we listened to. And I think feel like I heard this slogan like 20 times where it said like, we're not experts, but we have experience or some shit like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, like that I heard sound, that. that sounds like a Charlemagne quote, honestly. Yeah, I feel like I heard that about 20 times in just one week of listening to podcasts. So yeah. I think that's probably where we should start off with that is none of us are experts in nope. uh, mental health, but we all have experience. Yeah. Right. You know, whatever people get stressed out and like start going to therapy for different reasons. And like back in January, you know, I wrote that article, like some like a medium article just about like my experience and how 2017 was like a really crazy time. And I was probably like just a low point coming out of like a relationship and like um, just not really knowing like I feel like I had like no way to like grasp on to something to kind of hold on to and just like everything was like just everything had like hit the fan basically on a personal level um and then you know once you start going to therapy you uh for me it was just like kind of like figuring out you know what's triggering me like what isn't um and really it's just like talking like once you start just talking and like like just saying stuff out loud and not keeping it like bottled in like just that alone will relieve stress like you be surprised i guess once you start talking like how easy stuff comes out and then like you don't um you know before you know it you you know you've been talking for 30 45 minutes and then like you you feel better after it helps i mean you know i think noticeable things and when you should probably be like "Mm, maybe i should talk to someone about this is like if you you know sleeping really bad you're not eating like i had no appetite for so i just didn't have an appetite for months like that's when i knew i was like okay you know probably time for me and whenever you feel like you're like i said complaining not necessarily complaining but you know trying to um talk about the same things over and over you know you can kind of get inside your own head and you think oh like am i talking to this too much about people then it's good to go talk to someone who doesn't have any skin in the game really they can just you know they're just a an unbiased person who really only has like kind of your best interest they don't have any you know they don't they don't have really have any skin in the game so to speak other than like your well-being right and there's no like when you're talking to your friends, they know the entire story and not saying that going to therapy, you're just giving them half the story, but they're just more objective because they haven't known you for years. Like your friends always going to go hard for you and sometimes they need to check you. And that's kind of what going to therapy does. It just kind of keeps you in check. And I know it does that for me. Like I started going a couple of years ago. Like I just had like a string of like crazy thing, bad things. And I just moved on along through it. And then like after everything was over and I was like alone by myself, I was just like so depressed and I just made myself go to therapy and it's really helped me a lot. Um, I mean, not saying I'm still, I still haven't had bouts of depression since then. Like, I still 
do, that's why I still go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but it's just, I recognize it and I know when I'm like going down that path and I need to get checked, basically. Yeah. Word. And then there's like me, like I said this before, like I can't necessarily say that I'm depressed per se. Um, I have like my ups and downs, but when I'm down, it's like really, really down. Um, so I, like, I feel like it's a disservice to like the people who are actually depressed suffer through like serious depression to say that I'm depressed. Maybe I could say that sometimes I suffer like mild depression. I can't afford therapy, so I don't go to therapy. Group text is my therapy. Um, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> just, I, I remember just going to, um, I did try to go to therapy last year when I first joined um, law school and I did continue it for like a month, but it got a little expensive. And um, I just didn't, I didn't find a good one, I don't think, because I didn't get much out of it. I was in, I was just like, why is this guy telling me I dwell because I'm a good person? Like, I don't need you to tell me this. <laughs> go a little deeper. So I kind of, kind of quit and um, started just running a little bit more. Like I run a lot and that's been uh, pretty much my stress reliever, but um, I still have my I have my trigger points too. So, and I I know what my trigger points are. Um, probably a little lack of confidence. Probably a little mixed with a little body dysmorphia. Um, so there's that. Sometimes some days, most days are really good days. Uh, yeah. That are bad. I can't. I'm paralyzed. Like I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. Um, I'll text. I'll I'll text a group chat. That's about it. But everything else is just like, um, I just can't deal with it. Or I'll just go run a ridiculous amount of miles, like eight to ten miles, just to feel a little bit better. Yeah. So, and I think that is important. Like, um, working out, doing anything that kind of gets you like out of that mode. You know, it's. I, I mean. I guess, I mean, I don't want to say it's like a substitute for therapy, but I mean, it's the same kind of effect, right? You, you're you like getting that negative stuff out either through talking to someone or running or if it's painting, like whatever it is, like you, but you do have to find something that, you know, that's a release and whatever. If you can't afford a therapist, I mean, there are probably like a lot of affordable things out there that you could do, but if you can't, you know, do whatever it is that does alleviate that stress, like in the time being until you can put yourself in a position, um, you know, to talk to somebody. But I think it sounded like from all of us, uh, a lot of that stress and stuff is just like every, everyone is, I actually, I think this is something that is common between us is that we're really hard on ourselves. And once you are, like, very hard on yourself, you know, you can, like, be your own worst enemy sometime. Like, it's such an easy way to get trapped into being hard on yourself, especially with everything, how, like, social media and, like, just how people interact today. Yeah. Yeah. Comparing to someone else. It's really the easiest way to, like, to just start to bring yourself down and have, like, 
self-doubt um you know i constantly am like i don't i don't want to say like comparing myself to other people but you know you're always questioned like man how you know how is this person like able to get this or that and i can't or not being noticed for this or that or whatever like it's just a such an easy way to fall down a rabbit hole of like negative thoughts basically you know Um, yeah and you could do it all day and sometimes the thoughts that you're having or like whatever you're beating yourself up about like if you're in a relationship and you're beating yourself up for constantly you know taking shit from somebody that you shouldn't be like yeah let that person go but forgive yourself too because you thought you were doing the right thing it was just for the wrong person like that's a another thing that I think a lot of people beat themselves up about too like after their breakup or something they're just sitting back thinking about all the things that they did and you're like that's one thing that my therapist she was like you were doing the right thing it was just not a good person like so don't let that stop you from moving on or you know you gotta forgive yourself yeah yeah and that so and that can lead all the I feel like all that kind of stuff just leads to you know having like a lack of confidence which I think ultimately like if you if you lose confidence in yourself then that's also like an easy way to just be down all the time and yeah you you really will like you'll really just only start focusing on negative things and it seems like there's like nothing positive to like grasp onto when it's just not the case yeah what is like what is that from though like i know you said we like your own worst enemy i can attest to that like no other i am probably harder on myself than anybody else's not much that I do that I think is up to others. How can I put this? It's not much that I like work that I turn in. I never think is good. Uh, people can tell me it's good. I still just never think it's good. I never think it's high quality. Um, and I don't know what we can like contribute that to. I feel like I was reading something earlier. Um, it was, I think it was like this article we're gonna get to later on Trump, and the guy was talking about how like um, men who are like deprived in childhood of like love and support, of love and support necessary to develop a core self, um, have like struggles with this type of stuff. Like um, they like that never grows. Like their confidence lacks because of that. And I don't like. Did we not have that growing up? I don't. I know I didn't really have like. I, I think, think that we were expected to like. We had like high expectations on us, so we turn in a paper. It's like we're expected to get an A. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why everything that we do, or we we turn in, or might have to do a presentation at work, or it's probably really, really good. Because that's what our expectation was growing up. It's like everything needs to be A+. Plus. But, and like not saying like our parents didn't give us validation for it, but they're like, okay, yeah, you got an A, you're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, so I, I think when you're an adult, 
I mean, like, yeah, you get praised at work, but if you don't, yeah, it's just like I, I think it's like for all black people, it's it's almost like just like you said, it's like you like you have to like you don't really have a choice other than to be like if you want to succeed or whatever, you do have to you know whatever not necessarily work like twice as hard but like you kind of do like you have to you do and then over the course of your life that just become that's just the way it is that's just i think black people just in general are probably harder on themselves because you do feel this for me it's like you you like feel this um thing that's like okay like i i have to actually outshine like whoever else just to barely kind of get noticed right um, and then in today's political or like and then in today's climate it's so funny because it seems like the culture or whatever black people whatever are kind of like driving everything you know and it's just now more than ever we can see that like i feel like we have been it's, it's almost like um nothing is like validated until we say it is yeah yeah and but that doesn't get us validated but it doesn't get us right validated, exactly <laughs> which yeah. then leads into like well why am i even doing this like why like why am i working this hard why am i doing this is it just to just so I can get out here, you know, just so I can be out here, basically. And then, yeah, what? I was, you know, it's like, I don't need that. Now I'm at this place. It's just like, I don't, I don't want that approval per se. I, I would rather be in a space where I, I'm not, I, I'm not having to like validate whatever I am for like whatever quote unquote the man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just, uh, like, two things. I was just looking at Twitter, and somebody's like, oh, the color black has, like, a nice aesthetic or something like that. And then somebody replies, like, y'all love everything black except for people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, the second thing I was like, oh, another thing I saw on Twitter, which kind of got me thinking a little bit, was um, it's this video that went viral, and, like, people are just laughing at it and then i saw like one person reply saying like this is bullshit and it was this this girl who like a young girl couldn't be no older than 10 attempted to make like food lasagna whatever for her mom mm -hmm. and her mom's just sitting there like just reaming her like you know like honestly i probably would have gotten cussed out like that too probably 90 percent <laughs> of like parents would have would cuss out their kids like that too but the girl is just sitting there like she's like well i just wanted to make you like lasagna and this and that and her mom's just like well you go in there and you cussing at her like you wasting my, my god d food like um how, such and such like i work hard for this this and that and like just the girl sitting there like in shock like feeling yeah like, looking like she's about to cry and I'm sitting there and the whole time I'm thinking I was like this is how I was raised if I would have <laughs> ever if I would have ever done anything like that I probably would have got cussed out like that but where's like the affirmation where do you where like how are you helping this kid build like her confidence in herself like, yeah nothing like, but we really need to speak uh -huh. positively to like our young kids especially now because 
I feel, honestly, it's like crazy. Like I feel like when we were growing up, like it's not as bad as it is now. But there was no social media, so everything's like amplified. They're yeah. getting negativity at school. They're getting picked on at school. They're getting picked on online. Yeah. Like it's just sad. Like I'm so thankful that I grew up when I did. But I mean, and I mean, there's bully. We got bullied too, but it was different. <laughs> yeah. It was like you got bullied in your face and you cussed the person out and you just moved on. Yeah, you could escape that stuff. Now you like it's you just can't escape it now. If if the if the bullying's bad enough, you know, you before yeah. there's no social media, no texting anything, you just go home and then whatever, you go back to school the next day. Now oh, yeah. it can be like it can be You're you know, getting bullied by people you don't even know. Right. Like, <laughs> and I and even like even like People our age bullying celebrities or saying stuff to celebrities on Instagram. I'm like, what do you get from that? I think the stuff that they say in my head, but I'm really never in my life going to take the time to sit up there and comment on a celebrity. I've never, ever commented on a celebrity's picture even to say yay. <laughs> like, you're pretty. I just, like, I just don't have time for that. I just commented on Daisha Polanco's picture. That thing was fire. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like something like that. Like, or, like positive affirmation day. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll say, yeah, but they are they don't give a shit about me. Yeah. Nah. But that's interesting nah. because in the Beyonce article that came out today in Vogue, she was talking about how, like, she, Beyonce, of all people, felt all this pressure from people and... You know, how after her pregnancy, like, she had, or before her pregnancy, I guess she had, like, complications or whatever. Yeah, and, I saw that. And then afterwards, she felt all this pressure to, like, lose all this weight quickly and do, like, a quick tour to, like, prove it to people or whatever. I think that was after she had Blue. And then after she had the twins, she was like, fuck that. You know, I'm, like, I'm not, I'll be there I'm not doing that there. again, basically. <laughs> is, yeah, is what she said. So if someone like of that stature is feeling that kind of pressure from people, like, I don't And people think... would wait 10 years for Beyonce. <laughs> she could have been like, I'm going to stop, raise my babies. When they turn 18, I will be back. And, like, people would have waited. Right. They would have been pissed, but they would have waited. Right, right. Um, but I think, like, that's... that. I think that goes back to um, my point, like, and it's, I don't know how Beyonce was raised. I'm sure Miss Tina and all of them gave her like a shit ton of affirmation um, and still some confidence in her to be able to be who she is because it, Beyonce's gotten to the point now where she wouldn't have made it if she didn't have as much confidence in herself as she probably did. But it's like, where is that affirmation? Like, I don't, man, I don't remember ever, like, not, I'm not shitting on my parents. Like, I love my dad, I love my mom, but I think they just, we were just raised in a different time. And I kind of see it now with my little brother that he's kind of being raised, kind of like we're being raised and you can't really do that nowadays. Um, well, that, I th that I think that, there it has to be a little bit more nurturing in the black family um yeah. now and it should have probably it should have been with us but we can't go back in time now but if you're having kids nowadays there needs to be a little bit more nurturing some more affirmation instead of yelling at old girl who tried to do something nice by making lasagna maybe 
instead of saying that she's playing in your damn food, like tell her like get up there and show her how to make it. Yeah, take her in the kitchen and be like, yo, this is how we make lasagna, like uh this and that. Like do something other than yelling at her and breaking her confidence because now she's she'll never cook again. Yeah. But, yeah, but now again she's afraid. Now you've instilled like a fear in her. I don't know why black parents want you to fear them. Uh, it's probably the worst part of our culture, but there's some that. good aspects to like the fear factor of it. Like me and April always say like the fear of our parents kept like we still did stuff that we shouldn't have done, but like we didn't go over the edge like some of some other people our age did. Like we knew how far to take it. Yeah. But like we were pretty open with our parents too. I don't know. I I don't know. I just but I'm saying it really like, depends on how you're raised and like you, my mom was very strict, but she still I had some freedoms. If you yeah, think same. about how so okay, let's say this mom <laughs> is yelling at this daughter and I don't know how old I haven't seen the video, so I don't know how old the mom is or anything, but let's this is I'm, this is a black woman. Maybe she has like a bunch of jobs and is extremely stressed out like all the time. And it's in today's climate. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. You know, so. I get that, I, I too. Could, you know, I could, I could see that, too, where she's just like, I, who knows what she had to do to get that food to make. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, no, I definitely understand that. But I think it's. I definitely understand that. I'm not trying to shit on this mom. I'm sure that mom works extremely hard to bring in that food. I was just saying that there's probably other ways that she could probably approach that. Yeah. And then instead of telling her that she's playing in your damn food and <laughs> just doing the stuff that breaks down people's confidence. Like you yelling at like this 10 year old who I perceive to be your daughter and she, all she's sitting there and she's saying like, I just wanted to make something nice for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, but, whenever I, um, no, I mean, I I think going back to, to saying you know once you do something, it's just like there's there's just not a lot of affirmation, and and I think that's always just from I guess from you know, not settling or or whatever because like we, that's just that's just a luxury that a lot of black people never had is to like you know you can't really make a mistake. You know, yeah. a mistake yeah. for yeah. us. A mistake for us could mean the difference, a lot of times between like life and death, like depending on whatever the situation is. And for most, like, uh, I don't want to say, I would say for most non-POC, if they make a mistake, it's like it's whatever, you know. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be a, a, such a huge. They're gonna to get them. a second chance yeah. always. Yeah, exactly. We may not. Exactly. And a lot of that, I think a lot of the, like, a lot of why I am stressed all the time now, um, I won't, I mean, like, just working in white spaces, you have, I, I feel like everything is a microaggression now. Like, that, that is how it feels to me sometimes. Like, every, I know. And I, I be don't cringing know. sometimes, and I, I don't even think they know it. They don't. And, and half the time, it's not even stuff, it's not even things that I should even be getting upset about, but it'll be like, It'll be something where, okay, we spend a lot of time on Twitter. So whatever, if the Shiggy dance is going on, you know, we we know what it is. We know who started it, like all these things. And then you get in spaces and some people have no idea what it is. How And like, 
that's not even really a microaggression, but to me, that's just sometimes that that's it. Just it's just makes, annoying. It's it's like I don't even know if it's annoying really, but it's just then then you're kind of put in this position, or or I could be like, okay, I'm gonna explain all of this to them, but I you know I haven't, you know I don't, but it's yeah. it's like a microaggression with them not even not even knowing. And then that puts you like me in a position where it's like, like, do I want to use this as a as a? That's not even a teaching moment, but like you know, this is just no, an example. But, but you just, but at least it'll put you on alert. So you'd be like, all right, they might say something else, and then I am gonna have to be like, look. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's nothing like that's nothing crazy. Like maybe they're just not on social media like that. But but there are a lot of things that probably should not be. A microaggression, but I but I feel like we're in such a like echo chamber of Black Twitter and what's going on. It's like being so hyper aware of stuff all the time that it's really hard sometimes to function. Like whenever I'm out, it's just hard sometimes. And yeah, and yeah like, it's just like I'm oh, sorry. I was just gonna say it's just like um, you want to be around. I want to be around people. I don't have to explain what the what the uh, state of the culture is. They already know what our state of the culture is. Like if the shaggy dance is popping, they already know like what it's about, who it's about, where it came from, who's Kiki. Like I want them to already (laughs) be equipped with that information. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like being. And it it makes conversations a little bit easier. Like it's just all all the things that come with knowing the culture and like the state of the culture and not having to sacrifice any of that to try to fit into these bullshit spaces of people that probably don't even want you there. And then it's going to get to the point where they are probably going to say some stuff that's um, questionable and then we're gonna have a whole nother issue like i'm like the stress of working in white spaces can't be overstated like it cannot be overstated for black people like it's it's just it's just like being on edge yeah all the time all the time yeah and then they want you to play like this game like get out go introduce yourself this and that when i know like you're only going to promote people that look like you anyway like man i don't like i don't want like this is where like the pessimism comes in because i don't trust working in those spaces like i've seen too many of the horror stories that comes with working in those spaces whether it's corporate america where there's internships and that can that kind of reminds me of that huge Twitter debate as far as like unpaid internships where pretty much the white people were like, um, well, yeah, I worked unpaid internship because I really wanted this job. And we're like, yo, we can't afford to work these unpaid internships. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it kind of just reminds me of that. And that's like the difference right there. That's like the difference in the culture. (laughs) Like those are, those are the spaces that you're going into. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of uh, microaggressions in the workplace is stuff that that could be so easily avoidable if white people or non people would just think like if you are talking to someone and you bring up something that 
is you're only bringing it up because it's a cultural reference to them then don't do that yeah you know yeah like talk about stuff that you have common interests in I don't know that unless you're asking, unless you are trying to educate yourself and learn. I mean, there's a lot. Of yeah, I was about to say unless you really want to know, but if you're yeah. just, you know, don't trying to make a random conversation and then you bring up something awkward like that, like don't. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just, it's. I think it's. I would prefer like if you want if you want to know something or trying to educate yourself on something, then you should absolutely you know ask them um and i mean a lot of this is just like hey like you can just hang out in like you can just hang out in spaces where there are black people people of color and just learn stuff but because like all i do now not all i do but for me the past year has just been reading a ton more stuff by women, especially women of color, following them more on social media, like just, and like really not even, just obs- basically just like, I don't for lack of a better term, I'd say observing, but honestly, it's just listening to them and what they're saying and how they feel and, and then kind of going from there and just basically understanding. I mean, I don't know, is that, I guess that's kind of being empathetic in a way, but um you know it's just like if they're saying why this is bothering them or whatever don't question it just take that as fact yeah so like that's a problem that i have if i if i'm trying to tell someone someone something why something is bothering me and then they try to give me some other explanation of why it shouldn't it's like fuck you you don't have the ability to tell me why it shouldn't bother me you know, because it's specific to me and not you. So just take what I'm saying as fact and acknowledge that the next time so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, that, you can't tell people how to feel. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't know. If there's always like trying to justify stuff because it's, you know, they don't, they don't want to feel like they have made you feel that way or whatever. And it's just like, it's fine if you have, just know that you have and know how to move around that. Yeah. Um, and acknowledge it. And yeah. Just and for the don't most do part, it again. Obviously like nine, like 98% of the people that I'm around the majority of the time, I don't really come into the, like, I don't, I don't have any, I really don't get too many microaggressions from, like my close friends that aren't black, I really don't, because most of them put in a pretty conscious effort to kind of be aware of, of what's going on. Um, but I do think sometimes people who are trying to do their best, uh, like may not be doing it in the right places sometimes. So like, you know, if you have friends that are out there trying to be better about it, like, you know, make sure they're getting their information i guess from the from the right place too yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean just just like that taking that into like the workplaces um right now especially in the workplace it's super tense no matter who you have a conversation with with everything that's kind of going on with like 
uh, Me Too era, and then like just what black people have to deal with in general, what women have to deal with in general. Um, so everything in the workplace right now is a little stressful to, and like your work walking on eggshells and just trying to navigate through all that while still trying to like network and then trying to do well enough to try to get, try to get them to keep, keep you on if you're an internship, if you're an intern or just anything like references and stuff like that. Everything's just wild stressful there. So that kind of like, you just never know whether you're doing like really good work because you don't know if it's like you're not or they're just afraid to give you like feedback on it. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, we deal with a lot as, as soon as we get out of bed. Yeah. As All soon right. as I have, like, as soon as I'm out of my apartment, it doesn't take very long for me to like already be like already having to just do like a like going through so many mental rope jump ropes and stuff like to figure out you know to either not react to something or uh it's just tough and i think the average person who is like non-poc just they really they really can't understand that especially now how high stress it is at all time like especially being in a big city like New York or really anywhere like at any point in time just by me being black and stepping outside of my door like I am immediately in danger and I think we always kind of knew that but now it's it's just it's more you it's can't even go to real. the pool you can't sell water yeah, there's so many things that we can't do now without the police being can't use a coupon at CVS. Yeah, like you, you know, can't wear socks at the pool. Yeah, which is disgusting. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> <had a> point. <laughs> that one. I was like, you didn't have to call the police, but you did have a point there because that is very gross. Yeah, uh, but there was no reason to call. Like, yeah, it's just at all times you have to be a. And, and I think I white touched on this aware. before. Or how I was white saying, one to twelve, real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I had touched on this before, where I was saying, you know, we are always kind of taught to, you know, keep your head down, keep moving, don't, you know, don't make a big splash, don't make a fuss, don't make waves, and and I and I think a lot of the mental gymnastics especially in a workplace of just keeping your head down and doing work that doesn't necessarily get you uh like that won't get you ahead a lot of times in the corporate world you and, just stay under the radar right and if like if you're a black woman in corporate world and you're outspoken then that then people who you know people can see that as being aggressive whereas if you know even if you're just a man or whatever and you're outspoken or whatever then it's like you have ambition so there's a lot of like i think there's just like a lot of turmoil in there in that respect it's just like you know you're trying to keep your head down you're not trying to make waves like because you don't know how it's going to be perceived basically and obviously there's like a lot of successful black people women people that are out there obviously but i still 
think that we have to be so nuanced about how we go through that and be so on point with anything all the time that it's very 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 stressful because like you said like if you just do one thing the wrong way or whatever then you know that can it can be detrimental and it's like you may not get you know a second chance or like a separate second opportunity right um you know it's a lot i mean i i think now what that everyone is so high stress right now like i want to i'm just interested to see what the long-term effects of this are going to be Um, right because because i mean we're still dealing with our ancestor what they went through you know like we carry that with us and then now we're carrying like a whole new set of like our own turn at whatever is happening to black people now yeah well everything <laughs> is just so public now with all these things happening mm-hmm. it's like, you know now we're like like this like we've been telling you this for forever now you know you can actually see it well, now you can see it and you still don't do shit about it so that's like another slap in the face <laughs> that's another issue yeah. like yeah <laughs> i mean now we now we really know that we ain't shit like we right. we thought things are changing in 2008 then Trayvon Martin happens in 2012 George Zimmerman's acquitted in 2013 Mike Brown happens in 2014 yeah and yeah. then they don't bring charges grand jury doesn't indict what 2015 then you got uh, Charleston 9 happens around what 2016 20 only reason I know this cuz I can that was like 2014 or 15 because it was yeah, on my mom. I break it down state. where I I break it down as to where I was living at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so then you got Walter Scott happening, and then I know Walter Scott or whatever, and then the guy who killed the Charleston Nine went to jail, and I'm probably gonna be there um, forever. This and that, but it's just like. What like what more do you like? What more do you want from us? Like it's very. That's, and now we have Trump as our president, which yeah. is like the ultimate f you. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> I was thinking the other day, I, like all these, I, I don't, I don't know that any of the, the like the police, like unarmed black people getting. I don't know if any of those deaths are particularly directly like on Trump's hands, but I feel like all this other stuff where people like the Charlottesville, the girl who got killed there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the, definitely. Uh, Nia Wilson, like people like that who who die, that is directly on him. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. why he never acknowledges it when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, the I mean the the um I mean it's directly on the people who are committing the violence, but they're empowered by him, obviously. Yeah, the thing and all that is just America in general. Like that's what has always been. I mean, uh when it comes to police relations with black people, that goes back since slave patrol. Like (laughs) that's just how that's just the culture of America. But when it comes to like Charlottesville, like white supremacists being empowered and then that girl getting killed by one. Yes. Um, that's directly Trump. I mean, Trump wasn't 
in um, office for, oh, let me rephrase that. It's not directly Trump, but it's what he is. Um, what he's every time they do something, for. they say thanks to him. <laughs> yeah, it's what he's advocating for, really, right now. And even though this was before Trump, but um, Charleston 9, Dylan Roof, it's all the same thing. It's white supremacy. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of that's cut from the same cloth. A lot of the recent stuff is cut from the same cloth. When it comes to, it's like a smaller version of it, entitlement. Um, but when it comes to like people calling the cops because somebody, some 10 year old is selling water outside. Yeah. That's still the same thing to me. It's just a lesser, a lesser part of it. Like it's just on a different side of the same coin is yeah. supremacy is entitlement is just like a different uh it's just not as severe as um actually killing somebody in the name of white supremacy right yeah and, I- and it's still frustrating like and even though this is a little different even like the way the news covers it, and we talked about this before, and the way like white people are shooting up schools and this and that, and then you have these people who are being intellectually who who are being intellectually dishonest and trying to pretty much call you stupid by saying that oh no such and such isn't the problem. Like maybe we don't have a gun issue. The issue is we need more guns. Like that that is intellectually dishonest. And I, it frust that shit frustrates me so much to the point where it's just like, can we really be this dumb? Like, right. <laughs> like, what am I missing here? How are the? Maybe this is like the small. My this is like a minority, but it's a very loud minority that everybody's covering. Like, I'm a lot of the stuff that we think about that I think about just frustrates me. And are we in our two woke segment yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, t- for me, that kind of goes on with what I was saying. It's like just being high, like how being, like how everything is a microaggression. Like, is it really or, you know, I don't, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think being, yes, you can definitely be too woke. Like, I think I mean, it's just something like if you're like hotep, because then it's like, you know, it's just shit that don't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, and it, it's basic. It's basically like if you're a hotel to me, that's like just being like one of these cra- like Alex Jones or someone like that who's just like yeah making up shit to to you know to make a stir crazy point people. to stir up stuff like that's crazy. Um, now I I don't know where the line is, you know, of being. I, I don't either until I see people say crazy stuff like they're trying to feminize black men by so-and-so. You know, like, yeah. nobody's thinking that deep. Yeah, like the weed, the yeah, weed or, is making black men turn gay and like... Yeah, and just <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It's just like, come on, y'all. Like, really? <laughs> Yeah, just stuff that literally doesn't make sense. We need to focus on like what we can change today. We can't do anything about that crazy stuff y'all are talking about. Yeah, I was listening to something the other day, and it's actually a podcast that I that I really like, and they were talking about how 
you know, there's obviously like a big push for diversity and inclusion in companies, and and they were and they were saying how you know that's all kind of like a facade. It's like the cool thing to do now, and for me, two things there. It's like. No matter how we get people into places, like we just got to get them there. So, yeah, for whatever reason, let's say it is a facade, or some companies just doing it just to like as that's like a notch on their belt. Like, oh, we did this, you know, we're we're good then, um, you know, whatever. Like that means people are still getting in those positions that wouldn't have otherwise got those jobs, and that's the only way that any workforce is going to be inclusive. Like, you just got to get those different bodies in there. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, the other part of me is saying, you know, it's this monetization of this movement that is that is kind of happening. Like, you know, I'm even like p policing myself like like, you know, I am doing this for the right reasons. Right. Like, I'm not just doing this be because. I'm not just doing this because it's like the cool thing to do now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for I think you got to give people the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. Like if they're going to do it, whatever, take that at face value and move on. And if, you know, something looks fishy or whatever, then yeah, I mean, you can kind of try to call them out on it, but um like you shouldn't be doing all this shit just just because it's the cool thing to do right um i mean and i think an easy way to tell that is if you are kind of supporting all these different things of people disenfranchised people whatever but you're not ever actually hanging around them or talking with them or interacting with them because that's right the only real way you just summed up 90 percent of democrats <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? right but like that but like that really is kind of it though like that that's what i'm saying it's like you know that to me i feel like um i i feel like that is the real way to figure out you know if you're actually serious about it or not yeah you know pray yeah. for exposed what's that so just pray the fakes get exposed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they will. Um, they always do. Yeah. They. Even if it takes forever. Yeah. yeah. So, I think yeah. Let's. I think we should probably just go ahead and jump into our since we were talking about Trump, just jump into our two woke segment. Um, should we explain the segment first, or? Yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah. All right. So two woke segment is pretty much just gonna be us. Uh, talking about a couple articles that we read, probably not going to give you the titles most of the time because we don't even think about the titles that much. Uh, <laughs> headlines are usually bullshit anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be us talking about articles that we read and kind of like the interesting takeaways from the articles. Um, and I think this week we're talking about two. Um, I pulled like some snippets from like the political article on how to stay sane in the world of Trump. But um, uh, should I read them? Yeah. All right. So the what I was reading earlier was 
the whoever wrote the article, I'm sorry, uh, was explaining how they described Trump's father well, was almost just like a business like relationship, and he never had a his mother. He was just like mostly uninvolved in his life, and she was saying like this caused him to become almost dependent on others for like their for his sense of self-worth. He's hypersensitive, obviously. And in the most extreme cases, um, he's like, he, he's very envious and he gets like, as she, as this person describes it, sadistic pleasure and tormenting perceived enemies. So that's very similar to, I guess what Trump's doing. So the, they give you like three ways to stay sane uh, it says, so how can we hold on to our mental health in the face of the danger Trump poses? And the first one is don't use logic or rationality to understand or counter Trump's statements or behaviors. Wanted to see if y'all had some um, <laughs> some responses to that. Um, There's no point in giving energy to this man at this point. Yeah. Maybe a year ago when we were like, Maybe he's not going to be a psycho as we thought, but he is. And it's getting worse by the day. So there's no point in. There's no point in giving energy to him. He's a liar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I knew him, if I knew a person like that in real in my own life, I would not give them my energy. Yeah. It's exhausting. I think that's kind of what she's saying. Like, don't try to use logic or rationality. Mainly, don't try to use it because he's going off. He's not using it. Yeah, it's just, like, not applicable. (laughs) And then once you start doing that, that, then, I mean, that's just basically how he gets ahead. Because eventually, you're just kind of, like, beaten down by it. And then... Yeah, like, a year ago, we would have went in on that LeBron tweet. But we were literally just cracking up. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just, like... Then you that's when he goes back to like, damn, am I fucking crazy? Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, like, I, he's like I know what he's tweeting doesn't make sense, but why is it making me feel like what I'm saying doesn't make sense? Now that but is, I yeah, I mean that is exactly right. It's like, wait, let me let me, you know, re-examine this. And you're like, no, no, like I I'm not the crazy one. I'm I actually am sane. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So then the second one was. Be clear about be be clearer than ever about your core values, beliefs, and principles, and rely on them for guidance and comfort, especially when you are feeling most triggered and fearful. And it goes on to say Trump is aware of whatever he says repeatedly, no matter how outrageous. Many people are more likely to believe or at least to stop resisting. So, thoughts on that. Say that last part again, though. Oh, Trump is aware that whatever he says repeatedly, no matter how outrageous, many people are more likely to believe or at least to stop resisting. Mm. So the first part is just be more, be clearer than ever about your like core values, beliefs, and principles. Yeah, because I mean, that, yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, normally, like, we've lived our whole lives with, like, a leader that, like, at least we could half-ass believe in or just not live in fear every day. (laughs) 
so we don't have that anymore. So we are having to look to ourselves and remember our values and and when you're arguing with somebody else who's trying to argue for Trump, like you, you're constantly trying to be like, remember your values and say, hey, no, this is wrong. Like what he's saying is wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even remember the last time I've interacted with someone who was like a pro, like MAGA person. Oh, me either. You know, Mm-mm. just in my head on Facebook comments, I just feel like because I don't even have time to respond to that shit anymore. Yeah. Like, Mm-mm. pretty much, yeah, yeah. So not much really to touch on with that. That's pretty straightforward. And the last one is recognize that fear is your enemy. Holding on to the opposite of realism and optimism is the best um, antidote. And it goes on to say, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. Okay, so what I took away from that statement in this article, because I think that was based off of some guy who was like a prisoner of war for like a long time. And I guess what he was saying is like, you you might actually die, so like be prepared for that, and don't. I'm assuming that's what he was saying, and that, yeah, and that you know will kind of like, because that's the logical way to think, and it's not like everything's gonna be okay. Like you're gonna, it's like no, like it really might if, not. If be. This situation <laughs> keeps going the way that it's going. Like this is going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I definitely agree. That's kind of what that's saying as far as like, obviously you need to uh, believe that you're going to live through this. Um, but you can't do that by trying to like confront everything. Like, Yeah, you, you just have to accept what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's and exactly. And live your what, life. Like we may take a few steps back with this presidency, but we have to hope that with the next one, that enough that enough people are fed up enough that where they really want to see like real change, and then we take a few step backs and go maybe three or four more steps forward. Like, like obviously we're taking steps back here, but uh, we just have to hope that the companies, I mean the company, the country is run like a company. The country is. Um, able to withstand it i don't know right i think that's where a lot of people are fucked up right now is they don't know if the country is able to withstand this no because we've been like mostly stable for like so long like there's been i don't there's not many people alive where it was just like it was just scary 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 times yeah <laughs> Not when it comes to like, obviously I assume World War Two is scary, but not when it comes to like us uh, colluding or whatever word you want to use with like a enemy such as mm-hmm. Russia. Like we are, we they have infiltrated every essence of America right now. Yeah. So, well. I mean, With permission pre- from our president, pretty much. Well, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. So, I don't think many people have ever seen or witnessed anything like this. So I think. Yeah. And I, I just have to tell this, cause speaking of with the enemy, when I was in Hawaii earlier this year, like 
that was when the missile, the fake missile thing happened. And like yeah. all that has to do with, you know, if like that would have happened and somebody else would have been our president, I probably wouldn't have been as scared. I would have been like, oh, this is fake. But like it's with the climate that like I legit, I was at Pearl Harbor and I was like, I cannot believe I'm about to die at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like, and all of that is just, I'm not, I mean, like he didn't hit the button, but the fear that I, we're already constantly in and then for like you to get a text saying that a missile is on the way. Yeah. And you know that your president has been calling this man Rocket Man and all this other shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Definitely well, had to reach into my core values that day. Because <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff is like, yeah, like this will, you know, I think the like the worst thing that will probably happen from all this, I mean, granted, like outside of us getting nuked or something, is that like, like, aren't white people just going to sweep this whole presidency under the rug like they did slavery? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, like, they ain't, like, how... There's like, not they won't even acknowledge, like, they won't even acknowledge... I mean, they'll acknowledge that slavery was bad and yada, yada, whatever, whatever. But, like... But, like... The, that, the, that basically that the country now is, like, systemically set up in a way to keep basically like people of color like down they still won't really recognize that so I, that's what i'm thinking I, like they're really like after he's out of the office like after he's out of office they're just gonna be like oh that that never happened you know like yeah that's exactly what they're gonna do and i believe we shouldn't allow them to i believe the mcconnell's of the world the devin nunez's of the world the jim jackson's of the world they should be shunned out of this fucking society uh, we should never let them acclimate back into American society because they've shown their sh- true colors. They don't give a fuck about American politics. They're either giving, they only care about themselves or uh, they are, or they're whatever for Trump. Like they're, yeah. I it's, mean, it's, they only care about their person. They only care about pleasing who's in office. They really don't care about the people. Because if you really cared about the people, you would know. Like, his approval rating is shit. You're basically satisfying whatever his approval rating is, if it's sport, if it's 35% today. You're only appeasing 35% of the people. Yeah. They should be shunned for being complicit. And yeah. They're about, and they're about to steal a Supreme Court seat. Um, Democrats are about to let them steal a Supreme Court seat. Um... And what they're doing, to in my eyes, is absolute criminal. Is against what America alleges it is, um, and they should be shunned out, shunned from society. I really think they should be kicked out of the country. Like I don't think they have. Um, I don't think they have lived up to what their office is supposed to be, um, and I can't really say that for many. Republicans, to be honest. Uh, the GOP, I hope after this year, completely dies. Um, yeah, I mean, the only reason I don't think it will, like I said, is because they... What, are, what was it like South Carolina just apologized for slavery? <laughs> was that... Yeah, that was what, last week? Yeah. yeah. So that, and it was only like Charleston. Yeah, and it, it was only Charleston. Carolina. Yeah, so that's why I'm like... 
that will just, really be the worst part of all this is like basically us living in this high stress level whatever and and then if you mm, i mean that kind of puts stuff in a different perspective too well, it's just like it's it's been like this you know like i, I don't i don't no. i guess i hope i'm we're not sounding pretentious because like obviously stuff was like way worse in the 60s and saving all that stuff obviously is bad but like we only know what we know you know what i'm yeah. saying like, we all we, we only know the type of stress that we've only been around for i mean we this obviously is, know the other stress but you, but you know what i'm saying like this is the worst since we've been born right yeah exactly yeah. right so, so i'm not trying and, to say that like you know <laughs> that people had it better than us before because they didn't i'm gonna just yeah. bring it all back to um kind of what i was saying is i want that to happen but we know there's gonna be no punishment <laughs> like they're they're gonna go on about their lives McConnell, Paul Ryan, all those dudes are just going to go on about their lives. They've all made millions probably off of this Trump presidency with whatever um, corporation cuts. And then they're probably going to join the board of directors for some fucking company. And they're just going to make millions and live off of it. And I mean, Paul Ryan's already planning his exit. He's already planned his exit. So, And that's honestly a reflection of how like, I mean, that's just a reflection of kind of like what is whiteness in a way. It's just. Like, yeah, I was about to say that is can, how our country is. <laughs> we can do all of this stuff and get away with it. I mean, that that is that really is like how this country works. Yeah. And that is the depression. That's how they built it. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. And that's why it's. That's why it's. Everybody's so like, our forefathers are rolling around in their grave. No, they're not. They're up there like, this is what we wanted. Yeah, because I was, someone was saying whatever, like, there's no, uh, they were talking about, like, reverse racism and, like, how, because there isn't such a thing because, like, racism is systemic. Like, it's impossible for a black person to be racist because racism is systemic. It's, like, a system that is in place to keep people down. Like, we don't have any power to, like, we don't yeah, have we any don't, power we to Yeah, we can't keep anybody down. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> it's impossible for me to be racist because I can't build an entire system, you know, dedicated to keep white people or non music people down. You know, this is impossible. So, um, yeah. So but that is like what makes it like so frustrating is it really is just like a huge, it's a, it's a very like macro way of kind of a lot of the stuff that we deal with on a very micro level every single day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, That's white privilege in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, I don't know what I'm letting go this week. What the hell am I going to let go? Um, I know. I was trying to think. Yeah, so at the end of every show, we're going to let something go. Something that uh, we're just not going to... Something we're just so not. Well, I think, I think one thing... Um, letting something go is if something is if something does bother me or whatever I think you know I which I'm always constantly trying to just be better about addressing it so I don't internalize it because yeah. in a way that is letting it go it's like I, I don't have to dwell on oh should I have said something or should I have not 
or you know what i'm saying it's just like boom if i feel like addressing it i will and if not you know i feel like i should just start addressing things that i know will bug me later yeah you should because that's again like i don't want to keep internalizing stuff so maybe by letting go i may dish out actually yeah true (laughs) yeah that's that's a different spin yeah tia oh what am i letting go of i don't know you go because i can't think of anything right now i we just had this long conversation I am letting go of my confrontations with white privilege. I'm just not going to think about it no more. I'm pretty much going to do what we've always been told to do. Keep my head down. Uh, I'm obviously going to combat oppression no matter what. So if that brushes up against white privilege, then there's that. I'm just not going to give it that much more energy mentally physically or anything of that such i'm gonna try to be in as many black spaces as possible it's gonna be hard to do that i have five white roommates who are all non-problematic though fucking love <laughs> <them>. uh <laughs> lucky you so that's gonna be tough to try to be in more black spaces in general but it's just gone once school starts back which starts back august 20th last year law school so it won't be as bad i won't be in the house as much but yeah that's what i'm letting go i'm just letting go of white privilege and i'm gonna use white people (laughs) 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 i wish you luck with that i think i'm just letting go of other people's maybe like perceptions of me and I'm just going to be me and just I can't let other people's uh perceptions be dance in my head anymore like I am who I am and that's just who I'm going to be so mm-hmm. that's what's up yeah. <sighs> I can only be me I think um Gosh, that that's a good one because I feel and it kind of ties it back in what we were talking about before, like being hard on yourself. That makes you lose confidence. It's just like I feel like the the reason that we are that way is because you, you, we're kind of on edge. People are telling you one thing when it's not true. And it's just like, you know, that you you got to be who you are and like not necessarily apologize for it or whatever because they get to be who they are without any consequence right especially if you know you're not hurting anyone and you're not being a bad person like i know deep down i'm a good person i don't have negative intent towards anybody so i don't feel like i need to change right yeah right mic drop (laughs) (laughs) i ain't changing um but no i think um Obviously, we're going to be... We're not going to take another year off, I can tell you that. Um, no, we're staying on it this time, staying for real. On it this time. That's what I mean. We need to let go of... Uh, Lego Pratt. We're the house of procrastination. Yeah. 
Oh, Pose yeah. reference. If you haven't watched Pose, you need yeah, to watch shout Pose. Out to the House of Evangelista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yo, cool. Speaking of that, yo, I don't like. I don't even identify with it. Like I'm, I, I'm not LGBTQIA plus plus or any of that. But for some reason, that show made me fucking happy. Cause it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? So I mean. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to clarify that you are very pro-LGBTQIA++ and everything. Yeah, we're yeah. allies. We're allies. But... We're allies. Sure. You're saying I'm not like, I'm not gay or bi or anything. It's just... Yeah. And I don't even know why I use that to qualify that. That didn't make any sense. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but no, I get what you're saying. It's something that... But like... You're a hetero male. Like, not many hetero males are going to watch that show and see it and enjoy it probably learned about like i didn't know that much about especially the 80s that was yeah, probably same. when it was like oh man i want to go to a ball and like the show is like somebody said something i was talking to somebody or maybe it was one of y'all and they were just talking about um the second season where maybe they will find like a cure i think it was you too oh yeah because we were saying i was like um, and, the, and the show set in 88 and I and this is what drove me to look it up they found I, I looked up like AIDS death rate or death rate from like HIV AIDS and I think like they found like a better drug or a better drug was discovered in 1989 or 1990 that reduced the death rate from like 40% down to like 20% now is that like 7% yeah well I hope that I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the people in the show, I hope they get to the drug because I absolutely love them. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's it's a really using, good show. Yeah, that's using the show and getting like some small sort of like education from the show that kind of made me happy. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Peep it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back next week with, I'm sure, another array of. <laughs> whatever the fuck is America right now. So yeah, it never stops. <laughs> A hot ass man. It never stops. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch everyone next week. And, uh, um, hopefully, um, like I said, it'll be a lot more consistent and there'll probably be some other small changes and stuff, but come along for the ride. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'll see y'all. All right. Deuces. Thanks.